You are now in the summit. Alrighty. Are we here? Are we here? Hello, hello everyone. Uh, <laughs> it's your boy Nuan. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of In the Salmon Cricket Podcast. We're flying through yet another season, almost at the end. Um, obviously, my name is Nuan. Alongside with me, I've got Hasith. Um, Hasith, it's always very interesting stuff that happens in the cricket world, and uh, I want to get stuck into this straight away. Um, there was a very interesting T20 game a couple of days ago, uh, on Sunday, I believe, um, that I really want to unpack um, because, you know, we, we see a lot of bizarre cricket matches, you know, happen, but none more so than this second T20 between South Africa and the West Indies. Um, monumental stuff, over 517, 515 runs scored in the game itself. Both teams scoring above 200, 250, mind you. And uh, and despite the, uh, the, the I believe the South Africans uh, batted first. Uh, sorry, the the West Indies uh, batted first. And despite the West Indies, uh, you know, doing well to, to score an amazing 250, they still lost the game to South mm. Africa, who are, who are just as good. And this is absolutely bizarre. I mean, these things happen. But, like, where do we start with unpacking these kind of games? Um, you know, what happens to a cricketer on, on this particular kind of day when everything just seems to go right with the bat? Like, it's 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 crazy. Is that a question, Nuan? I don't, I don't know. It's a, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is a very journalistic uh, sort of approach yeah, to interviews. Yeah, one of his signature rants just does, yeah. does not have a stop button. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to know, like, you know, how do you explain these kind of games? Um, I mean, it's great entertainment, but you got to wonder, like, you know, was, was it just like an absolute road of a pitch or, you know, was... You know, were the were the bowlers just you know like drinking kava or something or like oh, what's what's going on? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, absolutely uh, incredible game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Johnson Charles said it himself. So obviously, West Indies mm. batted first, and he scored an incredible hundred. Um, yeah, actually, really interesting stat. No one. Um, he scored one hundred and eighteen, right? And from mm. the one hundred and eighteen. Mm. Um, 106 of those runs came from boundaries. So if you just put that into perspective, he only ran 12 runs out of his 118, which is absolutely ridiculous. I don't think I don't think I've ever seen such a high boundary uh, percentage yeah, yeah. out of an innings of 100. That might yeah. be a record in of itself. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely Johnson and Quinton uh, both making record centuries, absolute powerhouses, and I think yeah. they both scored the fastest centuries for their respective countries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to applaud the great batting when you see it. Um, but you know, we, you know, we know obviously the 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 West Indies bowling attack isn't probably as got the the depth of quality as the South African attack. So I'm mm. not dis I'm not discrediting Quinton de Kock's hundred. Of course, we all know Quinton de Kock should have been one of the great, you know, one of the all time greatest modern day batsmen for South Africa. Um, but you just got to wonder when the West Indies are batting, you know. South Africa's bowling attack is quite, you know, that's that's a very decent bowling attack that was that was on that day. You know, the likes of Wayne Parnell, Ed Mark, oh, not Ed, sorry, not Ed, not Ed Mark, he's a, an offie. Um, but you know, Wayne Parnell, uh, Kaisa Rabada, Marco Janssen, really good up and coming, tall, young fast bowler. You know, really setting the scene there. Mm. Um, you even had the likes of Tabrez Sh Shamsi, the the left arm leg spinner, um, who's quite wily in T20s, and they're all getting the treatment. Um, yeah. 
what what happens to a bachelor on this kind of day? Just does like you know, does their brain just switch into gear and you know, is this, are they just seeing the ball just so well? Like it's a it was a fascinating game. Yeah, I think um, I think obviously with a situation like this, I think even though chasing it is is exceptionally difficult, I think a lot of the credit goes to Johnson Charles for setting yeah. that up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was watching the game with my dad, and I guess mm. we were just having a chat, and um, it pretty much comes down to this, man. If you're chasing 250, uh, 258, not yeah. 259, rather, mm. in a T20, you have nothing but... The absolute most green light you've got the license to just absolutely blast right well yeah and if it comes off it comes off but if you die like you can't you can't you can't just hover in neutral or hover yeah. in first or second gear that's the thing about it so yeah you just have to have a really good crack and if it comes off you get games like this so yeah yeah it, it's classic live by the door live by the sword die by the sword kind of cricket yeah. um but you, you got to wonder as well like I'm, I'm looking at this game from a west indies standpoint right you know mm. You've got 250 plus runs on the board in a T20. Okay, like, you know, was there some? How how can you how can you be bowling timid or like how can you be bowling so badly when you put such a big score on the board? Like, I would just you know, every dot ball, I'd just be I would just let the batsman know that the pressure is getting to it. You know, like they need yeah. 14, 15 and over, and you know the likes of Cottrell and Jason Holder. They were just I don't know. Maybe they got complacent. Was it complacency you reckon with the West Indies bowling attack defending a two fifty? Nah, it wasn't anything know? like that. They, were, they certainly weren't complacent, and I think you know they know. I think South Africa have a, a really good knack of just like destroying West Indies. Um, I think we saw AB de Villiers score fastest fifty and the fastest yeah. hundred against yeah. uh, the West Indies in South Africa. Mm. So they've seen this happen before right yeah um i think it's just really good batting um it's it's tough i mean akil hossein opened the bowling uh alongside yeah. sheldon cultural yeah sheldon cultural and he got the one over he got hit the 29 second yeah, that's, of the game right that's cooked the absolutely cooked yeah but that just goes to show like <laughs> I, th I think even towards the start they weren't necessarily incredible shots anything yeah. short quinton de Kock was just going for it because he had yes. the license right that's right there was certainly a lot of like really good drives and cut shots as well yeah um quinton de Kock is probably one of the cleanest hitters apart from david miller in my opinion in the south african yeah. lineup at this point in time yeah. yeah um absolute beast and anything just like on his pads he has yeah. he has one of the most beautiful flicks off the pads that i've seen in the modern game yeah full swing of the blade it's almost like a golf swing yeah right um but I, I didn't think it was complacency. They knew mm. they knew South Africa going to come in hot. Yeah. Um. I think for me, watching the game, it was just the field placement wasn't ideal. Um, yes. That's it. But the bowling, it's pressure bowling, man. Like if you get yeah. hit for like twenty plus and over after the first four. <laughs> what do you do from there? Like, off. what do you do? Like, as a bowler, you're like, well, shit, well, this is this is this is not ideal. This is not what we want. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting you mentioned that you weren't happy with the the field placing. So where exactly yeah. did? The West Indies have their fielders. I mean, they've got you know, obviously in the first six overs you've got the power play, so you've got like yep. all the blokes inside the ring. But, but afterwards, should they ha should they have had more people on the boundary? Um, Definitely. Were they, yeah. You know, was it was it too many vacant gaps in the in the outfield? Um, I, I think these guys were they were just absolutely smashing the ball, obliterating the ball, yeah. and mm. um, the shots that they were playing, they were just placing it like probably like a meter and a half to two meters alongside, say like cover or wide cover. Yeah. Um, and once that was through, that was going. But mm. they had like a deep point, but they weren't really like targeting the, like that those kinds of fielders. They were trying to mm. like, they were trying. It looked like they were trying to like 
bowl as many dot balls as possible as opposed to just giving them the single or the odd two yeah. knowing that the required run rate is over like double digits mm-hmm. um i think that's kind of where things fell away but the momentum from the first six we saw a hundred for the first time be scored in the power play in a t20 another yeah. record yeah um, yeah it really rattled the west indian boys and they just uh didn't look like they were up for it yeah that's the thing so you you, you know you've scored a hundred in the first five overs right so the run rate's already like through the roof you're going at 20 runs per over yeah. so you now got like another 150 or to get in like you know 15 overs and at that point it's 10 runs and over and you know we've seen a lot of ipl we've seen a lot of t20s over the years like Teams don't know. Teams no longer get scared, or like they don't feel oh. concerned that they're chasing Benny ten and over to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so you reckon it was lights out for the West Indies after the first five overs of the South African chase? No, not at all. I think I think it really rattled them. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah, they they were just scratching their heads straight after the power play. Yeah, the first after the first six overs, they were like, "Far out! These guys have done absolute carnage." Yeah, and where well, what do we do? What are we what are we doing now? And then like yeah. um. It looked. It also looked as though they weren't trying to bowl too many Yorkers and things of that nature. They were yeah. trying to bowl balls that were like high risk, high reward. They were still using that massive buffer that they had yeah. to yeah. try and sort of like get wickets, mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to just like tying these boys down. And I think that yeah. was to their detriment in the end. It's interesting you say Sheldon Cottrell only got one over. He's like a he's like one of the West Indies' main fast bowlers. Like he's one of their main yeah. guys. And uh, <laughs> to, to see him get clapped out of the attack, that was um. That's quite something. I want to yeah. share some interesting stats that came out of this game because I love my numbers, as you know. And um, mm-hmm. I was reading the Crick Info stats analysis, and some of these numbers are crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the so the two fifty nine that South Africa chased, it's the the highest successful chase against the South Africans in a T twenty. Um, highest, it, it, highest any, I think, actually. Yeah, so the previous hi- the previous highest also came in an international match when Australia chased down two forty four against New Zealand in twenty eighteen. So mm-hmm. that's so yeah, it is the highest chase ever. You are correct. So um, in any sort of first class T twenty game, because the other the other scores after that are like Bulgaria versus Serbia or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then you're like a couple of these domestic T twenties. Um, and this is the good. Here's 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 what I like. Here's a good stat. So uh, so five hundred seventeen runs are scored for the game. Um, mm-hmm. the, the first ever T20 international to have 500 plus runs scored. Um, sorry, the second most. Then, uh, in terms of internationals, um, there are also the these are also the most runs scored in all T20 cricket, uh, like the, like first class games, surpassing 515 scored by the Multan Sultans and the Kera Gladiators in in the PSL. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 81 boundaries were scored by South Africa and the West Indies in this game. Um, got another T20 record going past the 78 scored in another PSL game. Mm. Um, here we go. 35 sixes hit by South Africa and the West Indies, the highest for a T20 international, beating mm. the 33 sixes between Bulgaria and Serbia. Mm. Um, uh, crazy. Uh, he's going. Yeah. yeah. Um, it took Quinton de Kock 15 balls to make his 50, um, and that's the fastest ever for a South African uh, in T20s. Um, mm. He actually held the record previously as well for a, with a 17 ball 50. So, oh, wow. It, the, this is such a cool article. It just keeps going and going. Um, it took 39 I mean, balls. Since Charles 100, yeah. um, 35 balls equal fastest 100 um, alongside uh, David Miller and Rohit Sharma. Yeah, so there's well, three of those boys. Well, there's a couple, um, but uh, for like international. Yeah. 
David Miller, Rohit Sharma, and now Johnson yeah. Charles, 35 ball hundreds in T20 fastest. Yeah, well, I think it's uh, 39 balls. So according to this article, it's 39 balls by Johnson Charles to get his century. Um, the joint mm. fourth fastest in men T20Is, uh, 20 nationals. It's also the fastest 100 for the West Indies in men T20s. So, th so that mm. record previously went to Chris Gale with 47 balls. But Johnson Charles just uh, come out of nowhere and just gone absolutely nuts. Um, mm. And uh, the record for most 200-plus targets chased down by a T20 team is now four. Um and that's now jointly held by South Africa and and India. So, I don't know. There were, there were all kinds of records tumbling, um, yeah. you know, in this game. Um, 102 is the is was South Africa's total by the sixth over, and that's the highest power play total by a, a full member t uh, team in T20Is, eclipsing mm. West Indies 98 for four against Sri Lanka in 2021. Let's not remind ourselves about that. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. You expect West Indies to come out like this anyway, so I'm surprised yeah. that like. Because what did you say? Chris Gales was forty-seven balls or something for a hundred. Yeah, so that was the. That that's was pretty the, slow, man. Come on. That's yeah. I was that's pretty say slow that. for a West yeah. Indian. Yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> that, I'm surprised that haven't, they haven't had like quicker hundreds um, than that. But uh, you know, that's uh, that's nuts. It's just it's just when these kind of games happen, regardless of who wins or who loses, Hasith, you got to just sort of like it just blows your mind. You know, kind of like oh shit, what's what's going on here? You know, and I guess these kind of things will sort of, uh, you know, factor in both sides' preparation as the, as the ODI World Cup comes on. Obviously, ODI cricket's a different breed of white ball to T20, but you're still going to have those big hitters as power hitters in there. Um, mm. But even when it comes to bowling, you know, like the West Indies, like they just they just never had that guy in the in in the back corner that they, they can just whip out and get a couple of wickets. Um, well, why don't they bring back Kim Roach? He still plays Tests. I'm not sure. That's it, yeah. He's That's quick a... enough as well. He's certainly quicker than Sheldon Cottrell. Yes, yes, Mister uh, Salute. Well, actually, well, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know, I, I don't know if I look I respectfully. Like, I don't know if I fully agree with you on that one because I, I have seen Cottrell crank it up, and you know, one so reason what, 135? why. No, 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 I've seen, no, no, I've seen him break the one forty mark. Look, I, one reason why, Shel when, when Sheldon Cottrell first burst on the scene. Like I remember this guy, and I was like, "Who is this weird like Jamaican guy doing this like weird salute and stuff?" And um, he had a bit of pace and bounce about him. And I remember, I think it was Ian Bishop saying that he was a bit of a uh, not fully, but he was a, he was somewhat of a throwback um, to a golden age of you know West Indies fast bowlers. But but ever since he got carried away with his salute thing, it's just sort of I don't know. He's just not the same cricketer. But uh, he's certainly not as threatening as Kim Roach at all. Kim Roach is an absolute fiery individual. Sheldon Cottrell was just a jovial guy coming in, bowling. He bowls a lot of cutters and stuff. Yeah. I don't think he's aggressive. I don't know what Ian Bishop was talking about, saying that he's, that's it, that he's like a West Indies a blade. I, I don't see that at all. He's, I mean, he's he's got a bit of bounce. Like he, There was something about him when he first came on the scene. Otherwise, he would yeah. not have been in the, the T20 World Cup squad for the West Indies. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. Like, he, he does well in CPL. I know he does. Yeah. Routinely, yeah. But it's certainly not from bowling faster balls. From yeah. Variations and stuff of that nature. Yeah. So, he, um, he, sure. yeah. he did bowl a good Yorker, I remember, a couple of times. Yeah, but, he, yeah he gets yeah. a good Yorker in. But um, yeah. I think I think the craziest thing about this whole thing, Nuan, is that, like, we see West Indies play to this degree. We see that we saw a very small glimpse of their potential. Yes. But these boys weren't able to muster off enough wins to actually play in the World Cup that we played right? recently, right? Right, Which wow, is the great. Most, like the most insane thing. Yep. And I have no idea. It's a slap in the face. As a yep. West Indian fan, you see them come out and perform this way. Yeah. 
but they can't even like they can't even qualify for a for a world tournament. Yeah. You see teams like Namibia come in. Yeah. No dis- no, you know, no disrespect yeah, yeah, no. to Namibia, but yeah. West Indies are West Indies. They're in a league of their own, seemingly. Oh, it's look, even as a purist cricket fan, you just you just you get mad, right? You get angry. You're like, come on, guys, you guys have this much talent, this much potential. You yeah. know, you're able to blast away, you know, Rabada and Janssen and and uh you know to raise Shamsi a good spinner, and you can't make Very it, you can't balls. qualify, can't qualify for a World Cup. It's it's a uh, it's a conversation that you know everyone in the cricket world has had enough of, and we just want the West Indies to to come back good. But you know, yeah. hopefully, games like this will inspire them to to come back. Who knows? But uh, but but what a game that was! If and for anyone listening or watching this live stream, watch the highlights of that because that was some real dynamite blitzkrieg type of cricket. Um, really, really good stuff. Um, I want to keep moving on, Hasid. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about today actually is the conclusion of the White Ball series. Um, between India and Australia, a very mm-hmm. good series for the Aussies, and um, they got away. You know, they, they they credit to them. They got some silverware, and they won that series two one. Um, after getting you know quite quite blown away in the Border Gavaskar Test series, um, you, you know, you, both you and I had a look at these games very carefully, and it's a bit of a weird ODI series. Not very not very many big scores. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say both sides played exceptionally well, but. It's good to see Australia prevail, I guess. Um, you know, given the conclusion of this series, where do you kind of see both Australia and India now coming closer to the to the World Cup? Yeah, I think um, I think what we were looking to see, or what the officials for each country were looking to see, is some mm-hmm. kind of like, I guess, sort of confirmation or solidarity in which team they think they might produce for this yeah. tournament. Yeah. To be honest, I think um, for Australia, Mitch Marsh, shining light. Um, yeah, came up and turned up quite well. Yeah, for India, um, on the other hand, really not sure. I think they they're leaving the series scratching their head. They are, as opposed yeah. to like knowing which team to to put to yeah. put out. So, mm. not sure. Yeah, uh, it was good. Good series. It was a good battle, right? Yes. Um, the entertainment factor was there for fans, but in terms of any kind of consistency, it lacked mm. it. Mm. And uh, I think. Um, Who's the, who's the head coach for India? Driver, is it still? Driver, I still believe Driver. Yeah, Driver does coach the. He's got, the, a, the he's got a lot on his plate at the moment. We'll see yeah, what happens. yeah. I, I, I really, you know, it's a it's a bit of a funny thing because um because before this series started or before the whole Border Gavaskar series started, there was a comment by Hardik Pandya, and he was like, "Our team is so good, even an India C team will um." You know, be good enough to defeat these Australians or something, something along the lines of that. I they think, consistently uh, say things like this, man. I don't know yeah. why. I don't know why they they do this. It's yeah. If um, it's not Hardik, it's Coley, and yeah. I love Coley. Yeah. But don't count your chickens, man. Like it's really because cricket is a funny game, as you and I both know. And now Absolutely. India should know as well after yeah. the nth time that this something like this has happened. Oh yeah. You know, like um, I don't know. It's good to be confident, but um. I don't know. I think I think the I think those kind of comments come from to me come from a place of ego and come from a place of like yeah, for sure we have so many guns and yes on like raw ability alone we all know how incredible India is but on the day on the day of the game when like you know it's about to go down like mm. all that potential is is wasted if your team doesn't stack up right yeah exactly <laughs> um you know especially i think the second odi where uh india was all out for 117 um you know crazy crazy stuff and you know australia backed what they were always good at which is pace 
Mitchell yep. Marsh, the wonderful Mitchell Marsh that we that we've grown to you know um, you know love and, and appreciate. Took a, took a big fifer. Um, I don't know. I feel like when it comes to at least white ball cricket, Australia are slowly finding that combination that's going to do well in in the subcontinent. I think that's mm. you know a lot of positives to take away from that ODI series for the Aussies. But I do also feel like Australia are not going away with it in a with a with an overly cocky attitude, right? Like I don't think so either. Like they know they won, but they also know there were things that they could have done better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and they weren't um, really competing with a competitive India side either. So yeah. even though they won and they did mm. quite well, mm. you know, like I don't know. Like that's what I'm saying. Like Mitch Marsh was the clear shining light yeah. because he did quite well and it was really good mm. to see Mitch Stark find some form. Mm-mm. You take those two boys out and you know, like, which is only two of the 11, and yeah. you don't know m- what might happen, right? Like, yeah, it's um, mm. not overly convincing on, yeah. on both sides. Yeah. You know, it's uh, something that interests me is like, you know, I was watching the way um, Adam Zampa was bowling his little leggies. Um, you know, I was looking at the way the likes of, you know, the other spinners in the Aussie attack just doing their thing. Mm. Um, again, you know, Zampa doing it again in the, in the, in the secondary, I did, did fairly well. Yep. You know, what are your thoughts on Zampa? Getting a go in Red Bull, something I've always thought in about. In Red Bull, yeah. Is that or is that like? A, it's like why would you even ask that new one? <laughs> I don't know. No, I, no, I, no, no. I've I always. Like I think he's, I, he's I a bit of a um. Yeah. He doesn't really. He doesn't really strike me as a Red Bull cricketer. That's the he's thing, like right? some kind of superstar, like kind of like cricket rock star. Just you know, BBL, yeah. IPL, yeah. You know, just you know, he's got like seventeen different hairstyles in a cricket year. Yeah. He doesn't really. I don't know. There's something about his vibe. I don't yeah. think he is suited for Red Bull. The Red Bull game. You I don't he doesn't, know. Have, doesn't have the patience, doesn't have the temperament. I think it's just, a patience thing. Yeah. I think he has the potential. You yeah. Know? And like, I don't know. We need, like, Australia needs a good leg spinner in Red Bull. Yeah, right. Um, I so, don't know if Zampa yeah. has the patience with his grouping. I think that's probably ah, the main okay. thing. He's got yep. too many variations, which is a beautiful yep. thing. Yeah. But as you know, in test matches, you yep. need to be patient and you need to yep. actually just. You know, be an eighth in line and bowl thirty-five overs in a row, which you might not be able to do. So what you're basically saying is, if play t- to to be a spinner and play test cricket for Australia, you have to either be bowling or wear like Harry Potter glasses, or I don't know why you have to make like a like a bowling remark every because you're, you're like, oh, that's like give me like test cricket vibes, you know? I'm like, what is yeah, the test cricket? Like I said, he seems like a very like antsy, jittery, <laughs> like you know, like a young, you know, like up and about kind of guy, which is a beautiful yeah. thing for white ball. Yeah, but for test cricket, um, you need to sort of just like take a deep breath and just, you know, just take take your time yeah. with it. And I don't think he has the ability. He hasn't shown that for me. Just with yeah. his aura, I don't know. It's a yeah. weird thing to say, but yeah. Because I, because the weird thing is, like, I've always been, I, I've always greatly admired Zampa, like just what he can do. Even my dad is a, is a fan of Adam Zampa as well, and there were times that he would just point him out and be like, "I like that boy, Zampa. He's he's a good bowler." Um, yeah. you know, he's his stats in in you know in first class could be better, I guess, but. You know, when it comes to list A and and uh, you know T twenties and things like that, he's just like he's decent. Like I, he's good. He's good. Like you Very know, good. I would I would I would I wouldn't mind seeing Zampa play at least one test match and just yeah, you know, it could be Does like he a, want to though. That's the thing. Oh, I don't, you, well, don't I mean, know. you know, it could be like a bit of a charming Karnaratna who also only played one test for Sri Lanka before before being before pigeonholing himself pigeonholing exactly. himself. Yeah. 
as a white ball. But player. in saying that, Trimaker comes in his subfields and stuff for Lunk in test games. Yeah, he does. So he's 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 on the cards. He's in, he's Char- up and about. He's in there. But Char- yeah, but Charmica started. But Charmica began his international career by playing a test match. That was the first time he played for Lanka. Yeah. And that was in test. Um, but look, you know, it was a. I, I wish there was a bit more in that series. I feel I feel like that ODI series was a bit of a was a bit of a like a. And it was a bit anticlimactic, um, yeah, given how just, you know, especially after the test series. Um, yeah. This was sort of just like a, like a halftime show almost. It was like yeah, no, nah, I don't know. It, yeah, I mean, you would have liked to have seen every single game be like two eighty plus, maybe like a three hundred plus, and like a really mm. you know like a proper battle, mm. not a game finishing in the eleventh over like in the second. No, not at all. Yeah. It just goes to show how dynamic pitches are in India. But look, you know, full credit to Australia. They've, um, you know, they've got they've gotten away with a, with, a, with a trophy despite not doing well in the Border Gavaskar tro- uh, series. So their confidence yep. will be through the roof once the uh, World Cup comes around. Um, I want to, as we approach the end of yet another episode, I want to actually touch on a tournament that deserves a lot more attention, and we need to unpack this in detail. And that is the conclusion of the women's uh, women's Indian Premier League. Um, which I believe concluded quite recently. Um, I believe it was won by the Mumbai Indians, um, who's who's uh, yeah, who I think have had a really really good season, led by you know the likes of uh, is it Harman Preet Kaur. Harman Preet Kaur, uh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, how did you watch this tournament in detail? Um, mm. You know. What exactly did the Mumbai Indians do right from the get-go to to clinch the inaugural title? Basically, yeah, I don't know. I think just Mumbai. There's some there's something in the water in Mumbai. I don't know what's <laughs> going on there, but they have a knack of just winning tournaments. Yeah. I had a feeling that they would just because <laughs> they're Mumbai. Mm. But um, you know, I don't know if they they had like the best team, and yeah. I guess sort of like if we look at the men's side as well, we've seen mm. RCB have like the strongest side for a long period of time, yet they mm. haven't won as well with the likes of like Coley, Gale, De Villiers, Stark. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like with Mumbai, similarly, sorry, with RCB in the women's side, they had like Elise Perry. Yeah. Um, they had, uh, oh, the names are like not coming to me now. They had like a really good side. They had yeah. uh, Mandana. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They had like a really good side, but Mumbai mm. just got, got it done. I think yeah. Mumbai... I think it might, must come down to captaincy. I think like Harman Preet obviously has like an absolute wealth of experience. Yes. Um, and they had some a really good overseas players as well in Haley Matthews from the West Indies. Yeah. Uh, Nat Siva Brunt actually carried the team like it was yeah. almost like Haley Matthews carried the team for the first half of the season, and Nat Siva yeah. carried it for the second half. Yeah. And then Haley Matthews turned from a batsman to a bowler all of a sudden. Um, yeah. And started taking two to three wickets every single game. Mm. Um. But it was interesting. It was a really good tournament, especially for the first one. A lot of entertainment. A lot of there was a hat trick we saw um, by Issy Wong, um, yeah. which is crazy. Mm. We saw like incredible knocks uh, from a few players. It yeah. was a really good tournament. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, kudos to to the ladies in Mumbai. Did really yeah. well. Um, yeah. No. Look, it's. It's an interesting one, um, you know. I, I want to touch on uh, Haley Matthews actually, um, because again, harping on how much how much t- talent there is in the West Indies, right? Pl- player of the series, pl- player of the series with two hundred seventy one runs and sixteen wickets. Yep, ridiculous. And in the final, she had a she had a really she had like she had such an Arvinda de Silva day out in the sense that you know she she took three for five. 
of four yeah. overs, ridiculous. And then you know, you know, didn't didn't go so well with the bat, I guess. But like she's had a tournament to remember this lady, and it just goes to show yeah. how much depth there is in the West Indies and how little the West Indies board are doing to nurture this uh, this talent that's coming through. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the conclusion of this like tournament, I guess from a philosophical standpoint, do you do you think do you think the like do you think the Premier League is going to do like a good thing for for women's cricket? Like, did it get the publicity that it, that it deserved? Um, you know, were the matches entertaining enough? Because um, a couple of interesting things being written by a few senior cricket writers as well. Um, mm. You know, on 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 the tournaments. So, I don't know your thoughts. What what kind of things were being talked about? Yeah. Mainly, mainly all positive, which is really good. Um, yeah. You know, talking about how like having something like this it professionalizes the game even more for women. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you know people uh, are coming to these games and watching these games and seeing really outstanding women perform well. Um, you know, on top of that, itself obviously changed the way women's cricket is perceived um, because yeah. a lot of these games are quite entertaining. Like people didn't imagine, you know, it would it would come to that kind of standard. Um, yeah. So I guess you know, I just want to ask like what what your thoughts are on it because I felt like within Australian media it wasn't as promoted much, which is a bit sad. Um, yeah. But you know, you, you've been you've been quite a, a pretty fo a close follow of it. You know. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's an absolutely beautiful thing, and yeah. uh, it's a bad bloody time as well, to be honest. Um, you yeah. Know how many scenes of the RPL have been over, over ten, right? Yes. Um, so yeah, it was a bad time that, that the women got involved. Yeah. Um, in terms of like what it does for women cricket as a whole i think it is um it's huge you know mm -hmm. you're talking about um you know if we liken it to the men's like how did we find these absolutely like incredible players like yeah. Artic pandya um yeah. you know jasper boomer where did these guys come from they came from the ipl yeah. right that's where mm -hmm. they came from and now they're the, the best in the world mm -hmm. so one can only imagine that this a similar thing more happen with these sort of like unknown players from the wpl sort mm -hmm. of emerging um and obviously like with the pay that they're receiving as well yeah women's cricket has you know developed in leaps and bounds over the last probably three or four years yeah um and we're sort slowly starting to see it equal equalize or get close to being equal with men's cricket which is good yeah um, the crowds in the indian games have been absolutely astonishing i'm actually surprised mm -hmm. um really really reminiscent of the men's uh the men's games in the ipl yeah. everyone's rocking up it's good to see yeah. the quality of cricket is amazing like mm. I don't know. Mm. Like I've said this. I've said this like last season or the first season that we've done this. Women's cricket is no joke. It's getting really, really good. So if you have a time, if you have any kind of time to, yeah. you know, to watch it, mm. um, invest in it, especially if you like cricket because it is good quality stuff. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, this is exactly where women's cricket needs to be. I only yeah. wish that um, the WPL next year can uh, sort of sport some more teams. Yes. Right. Yeah. There weren't that many teams this season. And then also mm. try to incorporate more countries that the players are coming from. That's yeah. the only thing. Yeah. You know, I noticed that no Sri Lankan players were picked up in the auction, number one. Yeah. And then even in posts, there were not, no players being involved there. Yeah. Um, that's the only sort of qualm that I have personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, we just need to broaden it and make sure it's more inclusive with uh, mm. with more nations. But as mm. a whole, absolutely sublime tournament, especially for the first time around. Yeah. Out of the park. I want to, I guess one interesting thing about this tournament um, for me has been, you know, watching all these superstar Indian ladies perform. I think the real letdown or the the real disappointment of this tournament uh, was Ashley Smithy Mandana. Um, mm. She had a very horrible 
first Premier League. She had five back-to-back losses for her team as captain. Um, you know, and she just she just looked like a mere shadow of the batter that we're used to seeing uh, when she's you know when she's in full flow. Um, you know, why do you reckon she she just didn't turn up? Like, is it just the pressure of being a captain? Is it just the whole glitz and glamour of such a high-profile tournament? Like it, yeah. She just she was just like nowhere. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, it's really disappointing because mm. she is such a class batsman, mm. a batswoman, batter. Um, yeah. And just to see her not perform in this way is just really, really disappointing. Um, one yeah. other player that w- that I was talking about in RCB who was absolutely incredible is Sophie Devine. Mm. Um, I think also, I met, dude, she hit like a 90-something metre six as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 90 yeah. metres. Yeah, that's cooked. Yeah, you and crazy. I could barely hit over the thirty-yard circle. No one, we got this girl hitting ninety meter sixes. Um, but that's the thing. Like Sophie Devine's captain, New Zealand mm. for many a year. She's an absolute weapon, super mm. senior player, a super mm. senior woman in women's cricket. Mm. You know, one would expect the Mandana sort of lent on her shoulder for some kind of captaincy. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what happened, but you know, to have Elise Perry as well as Sophie Devine, mm. you have an absolute wealth of information there. I mean, mm. not that you yourself don't. But mm-hmm. surely, like you know, share the load and get some stuff going. Uh, you know, share some ideas and things. So absolutely, I'm not sure. Five, losing five games, whether they did, just didn't make sense to me. I, I think that she should have probably better lower down the order if she wasn't feeling yeah. it. Maybe just come yeah. down one drop. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. know. We'll see what happens next. I was time. I was reading a bit of analysis on Mandana's leadership, and look, she has previously been captain in in uh, like uh, white ball cricket. So she has yeah. been captain for India. Um, she has been captain for the Trailblazers, like another domestic uh, T20 comp, but she was only captain in patches, right? Like she'd only just like fill in if someone else was injured. But this yeah. is the first time where she was the captain for the entire tournament um, from start to finish. So you yeah. just wonder if that the mental workload was a bit much because she is still only, what, 25, 26 years old, right? Still quite young. So Actually, I'm not um, sure that's a good question. Let me find out. Yeah. Uh, I don't think uh, she's like incredibly young oh she's 26 okay yeah, yeah she's fairly yeah. young yeah 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 i think the main thing is like she she has and this is the thing with captaincy i think you need to have a bit of bit of grunt about you yeah she's too damn nice yeah too much of a nice person <laughs> that's the thing she comes off as like imagine getting dim with connor to the to captain t20s yeah okay oh wow yeah no don't or even came yeah yeah so she's too much of a, a nice human. Just I, I'm not sure. It would. I I dare say it was a massive wake up call for her. Yeah. And maybe she can do a bit of thinking and you know get some kind of like assistance from. So uh, sorry, uh, Sophie Devine for next mm-hmm. season. But mm-hmm. you know it is the first year. It's fine. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, look. I mean, you know, it's been a good tournament. I think it's good for cricket. Um, I was reading a couple of things on just like how the the dynamic of of the of the game has. Um, changed mm. um you know the way it's been marketed as well so you know it says here um for a long time cricket boards around the world they would over market the women's game like a buy one get one free sh- uh, scheme with the men's game yeah um, but now um both of the main women's premier league venues so the the Brabant stadium and the dy uh, patel stadium um were sold to sell out crowds yes um right so this is actually making a bit of a profit so this, this is really, really good to see um i think having like female umpires as well is something that's uh being good for the game too so look it's good to see the game change all the time 
I just think from like a, from a philosophical standpoint, when I try to explain cricket to people that don't obviously understand the game at all, it's like a it's a really hard sell. I find cricket to be such a hard sell at times, but yeah. you know, but you know, it's good that stuff like this, the women's game, the Premier League, actually uh, create more of an incentive to make cricket popular. Um, so you know, long may it continue. But I'll tell you what, mate, we have come to the end of another show. Um, always a great chat as always. Um, I do want to touch on Sri Lanka's dismal ODI defeat to New Zealand, but you know what? I, I feel like I've—it's <laughs> like I'd much rather not. Um, well, you brought it up, bro. You better, you better, you better say something. You could have—we could have easily just like sailed through yeah. the sea of just like ignorance, but you brought it up, so. Uh. Well, Come yeah, on. That was, that, what was quite, that was quite painful. That was, uh, <laughs> you know, what, you know, what's funny. I'll be honest, right? I didn't mm. even watch that game. I, I didn't watch it. I, all I did is watch the game. Well, not much to watch, bro. I'll tell you that much. I just watched the K mini highlights, and I think we need to unpack Sri Lanka cricket once more because uh, I don't know what to make of this Lanka team. They compete one day, and then they, and they play like under thirteen kids the next day. So, yeah, um, disgusting. Disgusting in a nutshell. No fight, no nothing. I mean, there was talk about it being quite windy at the ground, and apparently that was affecting how players were, you know. But you got you one thing. And we batted the second innings, and then like we also saw the wind in the test match as well. We're yep. playing. We're talking about. You've been playing at this inside this country for like two weeks now. Right? Yeah. And then like, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. And to go out the way that they did, I think um, I was talking to a, a mate of mine, and he was saying that it was extra bouncy. The pitch was extra bouncy, right? And we're like, yeah, it's fine. But like, that's a good thing, man. It means you can actually like hit that's over cool. the field. Yeah. These grounds are not big. They're like rugby no. grounds in New Zealand, the ground that we play yeah. that. Yeah. Like little rectangular sandwich box, like, yeah, you know, shaped yeah. ground. Like, you know, we mm. saw it with the, with the New Zealand team. We yeah. saw those guys smack many a six. And then like, yeah. we're sitting there and we can barely like, I yeah. don't know. It's it's a mentality thing. Um, You were talking about the selection. Yeah. Might a bit might be on the cards, mm. uh, but I think um, each individual batsman in the top seven just really needs to have a damn good look at themselves. You know, fortunately or unfortunately, today's game was washed out. Yeah, um, there is one game to go. We can still yeah. get a draw. Actually, uh, one thing that I did want to make mention, actually, mm. um, actually, 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 <laughs> <laughs> the world with the World Cup coming up. Obviously, Sri Lanka are just like in the T Twenty situation, wearing a. Uh, we were in a bit of a predicament where we might need to win a few games for us to qualify, mm -hmm. right? So at this yeah, point in time, yeah. with uh, this game being washed out, this is the situation for Sri Lanka, okay? Mm. So obviously we need to win the next ODI against New Zealand. <laughs> No-brainer. Yeah. Even even after we've won that game, mm. um, we kind of need to rely on other results. That result being South Africa um, and Netherlands, right? So we're kind of right. competing with South Africa now. Yeah, right. So South Africa needs to lose um, at least one game against the Netherlands, yeah. right? Or both games between South Africa and Netherlands need to be washed out. Oh, gosh. Um, if South Africa win one game and the other game is washed out, South Africa will go through and then Lanka will have to play the qualifiers. Yeah, well. Lanka needs to win this game and we kind of, yeah, we're hoping for Netherlands. Um, I know Van Meerkeren or what, <laughs> that quick bowler is very good. You're, you're really... Hopefully he runs a muck, <laughs> but really, we will see. <laughs> you're really putting, you're really hedging your bets on these, on these Dutch Come players. On. Yeah. <laughs> we saw a oh, glimpse well. in the T20 World Cup. These boys can play. Uh, well, let's just hope it's uh, let's just hope things change from a no Lanka no to a go Lanka go. Eh? That's yeah, that's right. That's, that's how I look at look at. But on that note, we'll we'll sign off once again. Uh, look, listeners, viewers, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, really appreciate the support along the way. 
um, it's just good to see us getting more and more fans and people wanting to help out and and uh, you know support us with with the show. So really, really, really appreciate that. But if there's no other final words there from me, Hasid, uh, it's goodbye from me. See you guys. Have a good week.